you'd open your Bibles to Luke chapter 18. How can I come to God? In Luke chapter 18, verses 9 through 14, and then in a very familiar passage of Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, we're going to find this question, and interestingly, we're going to see another aspect of prayer tonight. What do we know about this man's prayer? How can I come to God? Can I impress God with my prayers? And tonight as we look at this study, what I want us to consider is really having a heart and eyes to see people who need the gospel. Jesus begins, and he spake, Jesus spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were religious and despised others. You know, the simplicity of the gospel is often offensive because it attacks people's pride. And we just need to know that as we share the gospel with people, as we talk about the gospel, it is offensive to them because it attacks their pride. Now, it shouldn't be us that is offensive. Just remember that. My job is not to make them get saved. My job is to love them enough to tell them about the gospel. But notice what Jesus did here. The issue of pride is what makes it so hard for older religious people to come to God. That's why I'm so excited as we think about having more Bible classes for our children beginning Sunday school, not just having children's church, but having Sunday school, because we want our children to be hearing the truth. We want them to be knowing this. We want them to understand this at an early age. Why? Because the older people get, especially people who have been in religion, it's very hard for religious people to come to God because... Their question is, do you mean to tell me that all these things that I've been doing over all these years counts for nothing? And that hurts their feelings. So let's go on to verse 10. Jesus said, two men went into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican, standing afar off, would not even so much as lift up his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Now, as he's telling them this story, this parable, he has told them, and remember who he's speaking to. He's speaking to people who trusted in themselves that they were righteous. I mean, he tells us right off the bat, here's the kind of people that I'm talking to, and he says, what kind, the, the, the people that were trusting in themselves, when they heard this, their obvious thought is, who gets justified? Well, obviously, it's the guy that 
tithes of all the things that he possesses and the guy that fasts twice a week and the guy that does all the right things? Obviously, I mean, obviously, isn't this obvious to you who should be the one who's justified? And he says, verse 14, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other, for everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. So Jesus very kindly, but has to directly deal with something so that the man's not confused. He's going to talk about those who are not going to heaven. So here's the intended audience, people that trusted in themselves, people that depended on their own righteousness. Now, what is their own righteousness? People that are depending on the things that they have done. They've lived an honest and upright life. They, life, they go beyond the law. The problem is no one has met God's standard. In a moment, we're going to see how this works in. Just as a reminder, Romans chapter 3, verse 10 says, As it is written, there is none righteous. Bummer. There's none righteous. No, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is not a righteous man upon the earth that doeth good and sinneth not. For the wages of sin is death. But it's the gift of God that is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You see, people are hoping to get into heaven because they're good enough. Often I hear people talk about, well, you know, when I get to heaven and I see those pearly gates and I'm hoping I'm going to see St. Peter there and I'm hoping he's going to say, come on in. But Jesus kindly shows them the problem through this parable. There is a right way and a wrong way to approach God. People try to come to God by their good works. And people who try to come to God by trusting in their good works are trusting themselves. Often, I'll talk with someone and they will say, well, I'm trusting in Jesus, but I'm also trusting in something else. You see, to trust in ourselves is really to distrust God because the two are mutually exclusive. A person can protest and say, well, I'm trusting God and myself, but the truth is he's trusting in himself, not in God, because people who try to come to God by their good works are saying God's way isn't sufficient. It isn't enough. Something else that Jesus points out in verse 9, he says, he spoke this parable unto certain who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. You know, people who try to come to God by their good works look down on other people. People who try to come to God by their good works are comparing themselves to others and not to God. You know, how do you know what good works are good enough? Well, I'm better than so-and-so, so surely I would get in. So... There is a wrong way to approach God. But Jesus also just very easily teaches there's a right way to approach God. He gives the parable of this publican, a man who was cheating, 
a man who was doing wrong. But you notice the right way to approach God is just to come as an unworthy sinner. To come needing mercy. The Pharisee said, I've done all these things. The publican says, would you just be merciful to me? I'm a sinner. Do you see how the gospel is so easily, clearly presented? You know, when we talk with people, be kind, but be careful to ask what they're trusting in. You know, all the world's religions except biblical Christianity teach that we approach God through good works. Recently, I was burdened, as I, as I meet with these people on a weekly basis at the assisted living, and I'm just always listening and trusting the Holy Spirit to work in their hearts every week, no matter what text I'm in, I go through the gospel with the people that are there. I thought this was interesting. You know, the main issue that split the reformers from the Roman Catholic Church was this truth. Rome teaches and still teaches that a person is saved by grace through faith in Christ. And we would say, I guess they're saved. But not by grace through faith alone. You see, in addition to believing in Christ, a person must also add good works, both to preserve and increase his right standing before God. Let me just read to you from the, uh, the canons and decrees of the Council of Trent. And I'm reading from the Second Vatican Council from the 1960s. And listen to what they say. If anyone saith that by faith alone the impious is justified, in such wise as to mean that nothing else is required to cooperate in order to obtain the grace of justification, let him be anathema. They go on to say, if anyone saith that justifying faith is nothing else but confidence in the divine mercy which remits sins for Christ's sake, or that this confidence alone is that whereby we are justified, let him be anathema. Or again they say, if anyone saith that the justice received is not preserved and also increased before God through good works, but that the said works are merely the fruits and signs of justification obtained, but not a cause of the increase thereof, let him be anathema. Do you see what they're saying? I know it kind of puts some in, and it's hard to maybe understand exactly what they're saying, but every time they were very clear in saying, we believe that faith in Jesus Christ saves, but... If you believe faith in Jesus Christ alone saves, let you be anathema, let you be shunned, let you be put out. Because it is faith plus good works. And that's where my heart is so burdened for people in our community who are really nice people. I enjoy them.
I enjoy the time with them. But the thing that goes through my mind is they're going to live somewhere forever. And the scriptures say, for by grace are ye saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. As we reach out to our family and friends, let's just make sure that we love them and we tell them the truth and we don't look down on them, but we make sure that they understand when we try to earn our way to heaven, what we're really saying is what God provided is not enough. And that God loves them so much, he provided everything they're going to need. Years ago, there was a man about to make a purchase in a drugstore when a detective caught him, handcuffed him, and said, you're under arrest. Stunned, the man said, what did I do? And the, call, and the detective said, you know what you did. You escaped from Albany Penitentiary several years ago. You went west. You got married. And then you came back here to live. And we've been watching you since you returned. Quietly, the man admitted, that's true. But I was sure you'd never find me. Before you take me in, can we stop by my house so that I can talk to my family? The officer agreed. When they got to his home, the man looked at his wife and asked, haven't I been a kind husband and a good father? Haven't I worked hard to make a living? His wife answered, of course you have, but why are you asking me these questions? Then he proceeded to explain what had happened and that he was now under arrest. You know, this man hoped that his record as a good husband and father would impress the officer, but the fact was, he was an escaped prisoner. God's placed us here to tell people the truth. If we don't go forth with a compassionate heart, if we don't go forth recognizing our job is to present the truth, the Holy Spirit will use His Word, God's Word, to speak to that person. We're just going to offend people around us. I don't think we can avoid offending people, but we ought to make sure that we're not the reason why they're offended. How can I come to God? by faith.